to the beginning, to the ground of being. Come back here so you can return to yourself. So, and so um, one of the are we still waiting for people. Well, there's a couple of people up here. So yeah, but I think I caters. I hear. So, um, in the toolbox of spiritual practices, toolbox of chaplains, is a practice of forgiveness, or the the ritual, or the event of forgiveness. And uh, some people's deep need is to forgive. Some people's deep need is to receive forgiveness. And, um, you know, it's one of the ways that uh, people... Um, heal from hurt and betrayal and all kinds of things. There's a beautiful book about this topic called uh, Sun, the, the Sunflower. Uh, I recommend that you look at it. It's called the, the Sunflower. And there's two versions of it because the, it's a Holocaust survivor who was in the concentration camps. And he tells his story. It's about 50 pages long. And uh, he was assigned to work in a hospital and so he left the concentration camp every day and worked in this hospital cleaning. And there was an SS officer uh, who was a German hospital and who was uh, wounded, uh, was dying. But before he died, he wanted to, um, he wanted to, he asked to see a Jew. He was, this, this prisoner was a Jew. And so um, he was taken up there to see him and went into the room alone. And um, the SS officer was in, you know, the last days of his life, terribly wounded. And he told his story. The story was they rounded up some Jews and put them in a house and, and then turned the house on fire. And if people ran out, they shot them all. And the rest of them stayed inside. And uh, he told the story to this Jew and he said, uh, please forgive me. And uh, the prisoner walked out of the room you know, maybe with some idea that it was dangerous for him to do that. So the war ended, he, you know, he was released, and he wondered about this, what he did. And so he wrote up his story, and he sent it to uh, spiritual leaders in different religious traditions, and asked, and asked them, what would you have done? And you get these wonderful uh, uh, theologies about whether or not forgiveness was, should have been given at that time. And some people said, absolutely not. Some people said, absolutely yes. And it was quite moving to read all these perspectives. And then the second version of the book was, um, he did it again with, the new, you know, maybe, I don't know when, in the 80s or something, a whole new group of uh, spiritual teachers. And I think it includes maybe Thich Nhat Hanh, maybe Dalai Lama. And so it's the first time Buddhists are included. 
So forgiveness is a very important part of the Western landscape. It's traditionally not important in Buddhism. And, um, and uh, at Spirit Rock, for example, we do a forgiveness meditation, which I'll introduce to you soon. And, um, but I'd never seen anything like that coming out of Buddhism. So I went and asked a uh, Usilananda, Buddhist Burmese monk who was extremely learned monk who lived in San Francisco area for a long time. And I asked him once, um, you know, I said, the Spirit Rock teachers do this um, forgiveness meditation. And, uh, and he said, uh, oh yeah, I do it too. And I said, oh great, I'll find out where the source is. Where did you learn it from? Or where is it from? Said, oh, I learned it from the American teachers. <laughs> and uh, forgiveness is very significant and powerful in the West, but Buddhism doesn't have it really. Occasionally you find a word that's translated as forgiveness, like kanti, like I said this morning. But I think that uh, 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 forgiveness is a much more important movement of the heart in um, religions where you have God, uh, who's uh, judges and there's eternal results of your actions and asking for forgiveness, getting forgiveness from God is a big deal. In uh, Buddhism is a karmic religion, not a theistic religion. And there's no God who can uh, free you of your karma. So the idea of forgiveness of your karma is not as important because you you're, you're have to live out your karma. And so there isn't really this emphasis on the same in, in Indian Buddhism, for example, on forgiveness. But, uh, they do, uh, but it is, a, but it's, you know, it's a human need to do something like this, human need to somehow overcome resentment and anger and hurt and stuff like that. And so in, in, uh, in, in, in Indian Buddhism, uh, the same, the kind of the same thing as forgiveness, and it can maybe be called forgiveness as a kind of generic word, is two different practices that are really key. Uh, one is uh, not holding on to anger or resentment. So there's such a big emphasis on learning how to do the practice and focusing on yourself and seeing resentment and anger as a kind of an attachment that uh, clinging that can be overcome and let go of independent of uh, what the what's going on with the other person but this is you know ang- anger is seen as your own issue and something you have to work through resentment and the uh, and the other is uh, to have uh, uh, loving kindness and compassion which also is understood to be something that we work on ourselves and to come to a place where we have genuine goodwill to others. And to work through your anger and come to a place of genuine goodwill kind of has the same result as of forgiving someone or the same kind of, you know, same kind of healing of the relationship maybe in some way. Though the, the issue, the, the difference is that uh, the Buddhist approach tends to be very personal, individualistic to do this. The idea that you do this interpersonally uh, is not so strongly emphasized in Buddhism, the forgiveness. Uh, I think Zen has a little bit more of it, the emphasis on the interpersonal and how we do this. But even there, I think in Chinese Buddhism, Japanese Buddhism, it's much more about uh, repentance than it is about asking for forgiveness with another individual. So I think that Buddhism has a lot to learn from the Western emphasis on forgiveness. Uh, and I think that we have a lot to kind of take, you know, take seriously about that Buddhist does, doesn't have it. They have another, another approach to doing the same thing. And how we neg- navigate that is, as practitioners is an interesting thing to consider. But as chaplains, we're in an environment where 
forgiveness is very important for people. They come out of the Western emphasis on it, and um, so much so that it's been incorporated into the Vipassana world with these forgiveness meditations people do. And they're very, very touching. And one of the most touching times it's done at Spirit Rock is at the end of the month-long retreats there, especially the second one. The, usually the second, the two, two month-longs, the second, and so the March retreat, is uh, the teachers usually sit up on a platform when they teach. At the last day of the retreat, the teachers get down on the, off the platform and get on their knees in front of everyone, put their hands up on their knees, and they, uh, and they uh, say, uh, for whatever harm we have caused, intentionally or unintentionally, we ask for your forgiveness. And we do a full bow to the floor, and we do that three times. Because it's a big responsibility to lead these retreats, and uh, people are so tender and so open and doing something so profound in the work. And it's easy as a teacher to miss someone, it's give bad advice, or to say something that's this, you know, somehow is hurtful. And, and so... Uh, there's a you know, public acknowledgement of request for forgiveness, acknowledgement that we're valuable, we might have made mistakes. We, and, um, and, uh, and it's actually a very moving part of the whole event. And, uh, and it does, you know, it has a lot to do with the relationship between people. It's so important for people's hearts. And how do we care for it? How do we relate to it? How do we connect to it? And so, uh, what in, at least in the Vipassana, Western Vipassana world has become the f- forgiveness practice is to, um, is, is to uh, uh, as a meditation practice or as a personal practice, is to say these, just like metta practice, you say certain phrases, uh, we say these three, three phrases. And as we say them, uh, we can do a number of the things. We can just say them and let them land in our heart and see what happens. What gets evoked, what gets aroused, what gets touched. Or we could actively consider uh, what needs, where forgiveness is needed or when forgiveness should be asked for or offered or something. Consider some issue. And then in, with that issue kind of alive in our hearts, then um, see if we can get, see how, what, what does it take? What shifts, what openings, what learnings, what, what letting go, what... What needs to happen so that we can get behind these phrases so they can really become our own? And, and what happens for many, some people who do it, they don't expect that it's going to work in some dramatic way, but it expresses that this is what, uh, that, they, that maybe they're not ready to do forgiveness, but uh, they would like to someday. And so it's the, the, the very idea that I would like to move towards this direction begins to move in that direction. Sometimes if it feels like it's all or nothing, then it's, um, you know, it's too big of a bar. It's like too impossible. Then people feel bad about themselves. You know, I'm a bad person because I can't forgive. But uh, sometimes just simply having opening, saying this is the direction I want to go in saying this phrase is enough to make some difference for people. So as a chaplain, you know, you might be meeting people where uh, they would like to forgive. They would like to um, offer forgiveness someone, they would like to receive forgiveness, uh, they would, you know, without that, something healing can't happen in a family or something. And so you might be in conversations with people, and um, you might even occasionally bring up, you know, it sounds like, you know, some forgiveness is needed here, or that um, you're interested in that. And, and so the closest I know to a Buddhist idea of forgiveness 
is uh, what are these three phrases that we do is forgiveness meditation in Buddhism. I don't know if Paul has other ones in Zen that they do nowadays that have evolved in Zen Center or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, and where it came from in the Vipassana. So Yusilananda, this monk, said he got it from the American teachers. Where did the American teachers get it from? And we don't know. Um, I don't know if it if, if it if it is appropriate to tell you my suspicion. Uh, my suspicion is that it came from Judaism. That um, uh, uh, my suspicion it came from someone like Stephen Levine, and that he that uh, he comes out of this Jewish tradition. He was Stephen Levine was uh, was the meta person in 1980s, and he had a big impact actually on the American Vipassana tradition, and he taught retreats back then in in the 70s with um, Jack. And Jack actually learned a lot about uh, loving kindness and teaching loving kindness from Stephen Levine. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, that's uh, where it came from. So it doesn't matter where it comes from to me. It's a beautiful thing. It's a profound thing. It it doesn't matter too much. It matters a little bit. And why it matters is that uh, we don't try to have a kind of a Buddhist fundamentalist attitude towards any of this. That these are all things that are, are shifting and changing, evolving in response to the circumstance we're in. And we don't have to see them as being you know, sacred, you know, unchangeable things. But also we don't have to see them as being something that we can't adapt, adopt, adapt, work with creatively. And, and because we are talking, they're not, it's not sacred in terms of from Buddhism, but, it's all, but what is sacred is the human connection that it involves the heart-to-heart connection that we're talking about and connecting to. So uh, this is the phrases that they use. And um, I think that what we'll do is, um, uh, why don't you close your eyes? Because this is how we usually would do it in, in the Vipassana world. Do it as kind of as a meditation. And uh, I'll say the phrase, and then in your own mind, silently, you can repeat the phrase to yourself and allow the phrase maybe to touch something deep inside. Maybe let it kind of reach in, see what it touches, what it evokes. Or maybe uh, you bring to mind some issue in your life right now where this, these phrases might be relevant for you and meaningful and, and maybe represent some direction that you want to go. So for whatever way I have harmed others, intentionally or unintentionally, may they forgive me. For whatever way I have harmed others, intentionally or unintentionally, may they forgive me. For whatever way Others have harmed me 
intentionally or unintentionally, may they, may I forgive them. For whatever way others have harmed me, intentionally or unintentionally, may I forgive them. And then finally, for whatever way I have harmed myself intentionally or unintentionally. May I forgive myself. In whatever way I have harmed myself intentionally or unintentionally, may I forgive myself. And then, for those of you who haven't done it, you can put your hands in front of you in the kind of Anjali bowing posture, kind of. But put your hands in front of your heart. And rather than having your hands flat together, have them a little more cupped, so a little bit like they're cupped, like they're going to hold. And open, a little bit open around the thumbs. So it's like your heart is a container of love, compassion, forgiveness, and it's filled to the brim. And since it's open by the thumbs, as you lean forward, bow, all that love and compassion spills out into the world. May the whole world receive a share of our love. So then, to mark this momentous event, we have here in front of us a present from Dal. And some of you have already received your present from him. How many have you received it already? One, two, three of you? Four? Could the four of you come up and, and distribute them to those who haven't received them? Maybe if you each take three or four. Yeah, you could open them.
So, um, <clears throat> so thank you all, and uh, today's uh, topic is still for five more minutes self-care. And what Jennifer tried to get me to do was to end early as an example of self-care. <laughs> and all I managed was five minutes. It still counts. It still counts. <laughs> so, so thank you very much for today. And um, I look forward to next time. And if you could... Um, uh, help with putting the chairs back and whatever, neat cleaning of the bathrooms or anything that's needed, it would be great. Thank you.